Quincy, thanks for being on the show, man. First episode of Multifamily Radio. Multifamily Radio. Yeah, man. This is where, this is ground zero. It is. Thank you for coming on. I'm glad to be here. It's an honor and excited what you're doing here. I think this could be really cool for the multifamily industry. I hope so. Tell me more about your background. Quincy Evans, who are you? Where are you from? All that good stuff. Yes, so born and raised in Atlanta, one of the few, you know, we're, I feel like we're a dying breed, native Atlantans, yep. but background is, is um, it's not one straight shot, it's kind of all over the map. Um, went to college down at Embry-Riddle in Daytona Beach, Florida, of all places. Wasn't my favorite place to live, it's a fun place to visit in college, but uh, had a great experience, but ended up transferring to Georgia, but did all my aviation pursuing at, at University of Georgia at Athens Benaps Airport was kind of on the, the flight track and got all my ratings and became a certified flight instructor and you know after college let's see I was a I was a drama major a theater major at University of Georgia so you had theater and aviation and then I went to Atlanta and Delta offered me $19,000 to fly the CRJ and I said you know what I am going to go uh, do something else. So I yeah. got my real estate license and did that for three to five years. Well, five or six total, but commercial or residential? Yeah, it started out actually residential and then got recruited by a guy named Kyle Jinks who runs a boutique development firm called Parkside Partners. Great shop, awesome people over there. And we kind of did 50,000 square feet under office condo developments, did adaptive reuse. If you've been to the Clorox bottling plant down in the park where Rathman Steak is, Um, projects like that. So it was a really cool opportunity working with Kyle and love those guys. Jeff Pollack, who's since gone out on his own, is a great guy and was really kind of a mentor of mine in the the industry. And we had a lot of fun. But uh, 2008, that... uh, the office condo market dried up. Yeah. So I went looking for other opportunities and the entrepreneurial sort of spirit aroused. And um, I had 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 a great opportunity to jump into the restaurant space and did that for four years. And I still have the scars on my knuckles, (laughs) you know, bloodying my knuckles from that, man. So um, was not um, learned a lot. You know, they say you fail your way to success. Well, that was that was a great failure for me, a great teaching opportunity. And so, yeah. Cool. And now you're at BCJ Building Services. Yep, yep. Tell me more about BCJ. How did you get there? You've so, been there for probably five or six years now, maybe longer? Yeah, it's six years. It'll be June 2014 was when we started. And, you know, you really can't talk about much without... First, addressing the most important thing, my wife, right? Yep. Like, I mean, so we we got married and ended up going to Buckhead Church, and we joined a couple small group there, and it's like really awkward. And they have this thing called um, what is it called? Uh, shoot, I'm blanking on it, but it's like um, it's basically it's like rush, it's like speed dating, right? Yep. And you go and you meet your group, and um, we get there and we start getting into a group what night you're meeting what area of town you're in and you know this guy was there and he and his wife elizabeth and majin we met them great folks and 
We ended up getting in a small group together and became really good friends. They were actually the leaders. We met at their house. And we were probably in the group for five or six years, and that was during kind of the restaurant stint. And coming out of that, I was selling the business and getting out. And I showed up at Majid's office one day, unannounced. He had no idea I was coming. And he literally walked out on the phone, and he saw me, and he got in my car. He goes, let's go. I'm like, dude, you didn't know I was coming. Where are we going? Yeah. He's like, Atlantic Station. So we went down to Atlantic Station. It was a new client of his. And I met with the property manager, the building engineer, you know, his account manager on site, project manager, and we went to lunch and I was like, hey, you're knee deep in operations. Like, who's helping you with business development? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I am. I'm, I'm like, well, how do you do it? He's like, well, we get referrals from our current clients yeah. to other property managers. And I was like, well, that means you're doing a good job and you're getting those referrals, but who's waking up Monday through Friday thinking about how to grow the business? And, um, he was like, nobody. And I was like, okay, let's talk about this. Yeah. I, could, I could help you. So first thing we did was send it to the wives as a partnership. They blessed it within 24 hours. Great. And the wife did not bless the restaurant industry. So, so you know, you, yeah. you grow, man. You learn. Yeah. Right? yeah so yeah. anyway, we formed a partnership. It's it, The company really started as Bucket Cleaning and Janitorial, which is now BCJ Building Services. Great. And I know that the world of janitorial, there are those really big sort of national companies. There's local mom and pops. Yeah. Kind of where do y'all fit in in the market and what does BCJ do? I know you focus on commercial and multifamily, but just kind of run me through what, you know, who you guys are and what the service offering is. So in janitorial, obviously, it's a low barrier to entry with, you know, low capital cost. If you have a broom, a mop, and a bucket, you can become a janitor, right? And so I think there's 4,600. Last time I looked, it was probably a year ago. There's like 4,600 janitorial companies. Um, I think 95% have two employees or less. Wow. (laughs) So we are a little over 400 total employees now. Great. We have grown significantly and really probably one of the fastest growing janitorial companies in the state. Mm -hmm. Kind of when we looked at it about a year and a half ago, just percentage growth Mm -hmm. revenue. So Majid had started the business residential. He would literally show up to a house in a tie and a suit to price the home. Mm -hmm. And then he'd come back the next day in his cleaning uniform to clean it. (laughs) And so just total started it with a bucket and a rag. Awesome. And he hired this employee, Isabel Roma. And I think a few weeks later, I may butcher the story a little bit, but basically he tried to fire her. And this was employee number one. And she said, I'm not leaving till you find someone better. And she's still here. That was 15 years ago. Wow. So Majid started it four oh five. So it's 15 or 16 years. So really from residential early on in the first 90 days, I think he got his first condo client. Mm-hmm. And that has become really a niche for us. And who we are is kind of grown, been built off of that base. And so we come in sign a contract with property management to clean the common areas. So the corridors, the gyms, the amenities, you know, the club rooms, elevators. And then we also have the ability to, you know, pressure wash decks, sweep decks, 
you know, we've done a lot of window washing as well, mm -hmm. high rise. So, you know, I think who we are as a company has just been really about our core values. The great thing about our space is you hire someone and give them 26 consistent paychecks, mm -hmm. you can change their life. Yep. And um, it's been really cool to see. I mean, we've influenced a lot of families and a lot of lives and our, actually our whole core purpose, you know, kind of besides making a profit, which we very much intend to do, mm -hmm. right? Um, our core purpose is creating hope and opportunity by investing in lives. So, you know, look, we, we, um, we, we don't always get that right on some days, but mm -hmm. most of the time we do, and it's something we just re preach all the time, recast that vision, never, I mean, we never stop talking about it. Yep. And it can be as simple as walking alongside somebody, um, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on with your family? What's going to keep you from coming to work mm. in the next week? You know, we may not be able to f fill the gap on the financial need mm. of a person. Sometimes we do, and we've done obviously a lot of loans for our employees. If we can walk alongside them and give them wisdom, counsel, and advice, yeah. a lot of our folks, you know, some people have never had a mentor, you mm. know? Mm. Maybe they had a mom and dad that showed work ethic and integrity and that's great but maybe they didn't right yep. and so having a mentor and someone to help you grow and develop and build on mm -hmm. um, is really what we're about and we really develop our people within so mm -hmm. that's been a really neat deal great and we've talked about this in the past your vision is not really to uh, just train people. We've uh, you've talked about you know you're trying to create account managers. You're trying to create leaders. Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. Because I yeah. think most business yeah. owners just come so in. So obviously you know in the multifamily space you know all of our clients out there whether it's Graystar, Lincoln, uh, what I'm going to butcher matrixes now. Uh, Range Water. Thank you. Um, you know uh, Amley, uh, Hanover, all these great folks. You know they know we're the janitorial company, right? Yep. But I think what we end up, what they really experience from us is the account management, right? Mm -hmm. And the leadership and the communication. And I, I tell my team, and they're probably sick of hearing it, and I'm like, we're not a janitorial business. We are an account manager creation business. We are leadership development. If we don't spit out leaders, our runway is short, right? Yep. But as long as we can spit out leaders, this is the same thing as Chick-fil-A, right? They're not in the chicken business. They're in the owner-operator creation business. Mm -hmm. If they can't create owner-operators, they won't grow. And that actually is the reason why they grow somewhat slowly, right? They yep. can grow a lot faster, but they're limited by quality that they want to spit yep. out. Same thing with us. That's our focus is um, everyone knows, you know, <clears throat> on-site, if there's not that leadership there, then it's um, it's it, you're dependent on the uh, team member that you put on site, right? Mm -hmm. And and every team member, human human um, error happens, right? Yep. Behavior happens, right? And so having someone to walk alongside and cre create that accountability and just that relationship, right? Yeah. Um, what's the saying about you know no one cares what you have to say until they know how much you care right yep. so yep. anyway cool 
Um, all right, so I'm a property manager, uh, I'm a regional, I'm an asset manager. Yeah. I've got a portfolio or I have a property. I'm thinking about hiring a janitorial service to clean my common areas. Yeah. I'm trying to evaluate between whether I do it in-house versus whether I bring in yeah. a third-party vendor. Um, if you're in the shoes of that person, what do you need to be thinking about? How do you need to evaluate what company you hire? And I love this, man. Yeah, I love this. Hey, this is this is great. Well, we're trying to be helpful. We're, we want to we want to add value for the for the industry. Exactly. No, I think it's great. I love that. Um, you know what David Wendy said. Um, you know his biggest competition was a home cooked meal, right? Mm-hmm. And same thing for us. One of our biggest competitors is uh, in house. Um, it, you know, the management company saying, hey, we're just going to go hire this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that works for some, right? Some folks um, have, who really have a, an owner-operator mindset and have consistency in their leadership in the management um, can pull that off, right? But it's very difficult because nowadays, if you ask a property manager or a maintenance supervisor to spend the time to recruit, attract the talent, mm-hmm. attract and recruit, and then onboard, train, and then account management, oversight, mm-hmm. management, ongoing management, accountability, quality control. If they're spending their time doing that, mm-hmm. they're, they're losing sight of the property manager driving revenue, mm-hmm. the most important thing, that maintenance supervisor focused on that maintenance side and yeah. the capital cost. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of folks have realized, in fact, when we were looking at getting in multifamily, we got a call, I think Lincoln, um, it was 38, 33 Peachtree. I think this was our first multifamily deal. We thought we were all condos at the time and we thought multifamily was all in-house. Mm-hmm. Well, what we realized is as these new assets were built, these new communities, um, you know, the capital being invested in amenities and, and common area space and pool decks, no one had the time and attention to put in on the janitorial side. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's been, you know, since my, that was probably late 14, 2014, mm-hmm. we started and we probably added, I'm going to say over 120 assets wow. in the last six years. Awesome. So yeah, it's been, it's been a good ride, but it's always, um, you know, we're always trying to figure out how to keep adding that value. Obviously it's not just the in-house competitors, mm-hmm. but it's our competitors as well, all their third party janitorial groups mm-hmm. coming in as mm-hmm. well. So And when I'm if I'm that property manager, asset manager, regional, um, I'm looking at your proposal and maybe looking at a couple other proposals for a third party yeah. janitorial company. What do we need to think about? Is it is it the price per hour? Is it the number of hours? Yeah. Is it how do I evaluate it? How yeah. do I think through yeah. it? So around every two hundred units needs a full time porter, and that's depending upon how many, how big the amenity space is. Mm-hmm. Um, are the corridors exterior exposed or interior carpeted? Mm-hmm. Um, exterior exposed may be able to be maintained at a little bit 
less. Um, you know, you may have someone come in through once a week as a as a grounds person, hmm. but interior quarters in yep. interior corridor corridors need to be vacuumed, right? I mean, we need to, all the corridors need to be vacuumed weekly. We need um, dusting done on air vents and elevators hmm. and thresholds. So. Um, you know, depending on the size, you know, take your average 250 unit apartment building. Um, we, we will come in with, you know, probably 40 hours Monday through Friday. And then weekend hours, you know, it's, we used to do four, five hour shifts. Mm -hmm. And with the labor market and the strain on pay and getting people to show up on the weekends, it's really turned into six to eight hours for Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> but you know, the, the biggest thing for us, obviously we, we come in and, you know, a full, full-time porter can be anywhere from say $2,900 a month up to, you know, 3,300, 3,400. And that's depending on the hours he's working, mm -hmm. what the scope of work is, mm -hmm. you know, what equipment is necessary. Um, but the biggest thing the discrepancy, sort of the gap between our proposals and our competitors' proposals mm -hmm. is just the infrastructure, right? Yep. Like if you need, if you just want a company to throw you a housekeeper, a day porter, mm -hmm. and leave them on an island, like we're not your group, yep. right? You can get it done cheaper, 100%. <laughs> and most likely that person also is paid by 1099. Mm -hmm. All of our employees are W-2, and I think it's a big deal. Um, you know, some property managers are like, hey, look, um, we just want the lowest cost and that's yeah. it. Like, yeah. That's not our client. Um, you know, our infrastructure from a W-2 standpoint, the employee gets benefits, 401k match, paid leave. Yeah. Right? Wow. So like, you know, some people have, you know, they get seven days a year, five, um, you know, PTO and that can grow and they can carry that forward and that's a big deal like you know then but that's a that's a cost yeah you know um if you pay someone 12 bucks an hour uh you know 10.99 and then they turn around and never pay their taxes it's like they you know it's like they got 13 bucks or more so yeah um it sometimes that can be difficult to compete with but really our um operating and i would say quality control is the biggest thing so mm -hmm. we sort of have two you know verticals if you will account management of day-to-day -day operations mm -hmm. and that account manager trains that employee walks alongside them communicates with property management communicates with the maintenance supervisor mm -hmm. on you know hey we saw this this is great we need help in the gym and that's kind of how we manage it day to day and then we have a quality control department that comes in once a month to inspect the property. Mm -hmm. and, the, and, the, and the employee is given a grade, and the grade is an incentive for their bonus for the employee and for the account manager. Um, so, you know, it's not like, well, I, my account manager came and inspected and you got an A+. Plus. It's like, oh, really? Well, I mean, it's his property. It's his responsibility. Yeah. I'm so surprised he gave himself a great grade. Yeah. So our quality control department is run by a separate team, mm -hmm. and um, they come in surprise inspections, and we we disclose the inspections to the to the client. So they see the grade, they see the deficiencies, mm -hmm. um, and 
Uh, they see what was done great, what was scored well, and any areas of deficiencies, and the plan to solve those. That's great. And then any recommendations on you know carpet cleaning, deep cleaning, window mm. washing, pressure washing, yep. etc. I love it. So there's accountability for the employees, but they've also got some incentives. Yeah, and they're happy yeah. to show up to work. Yeah, that's awesome. So when y'all are putting in a proposal, are there certain things that tend to come up again and again where a property manager or regional might say, eh, I don't think we really need that, but they really actually do need it. Yeah. And it's going to be something that might bite them in the long run. Um, I, I would say if, um, typically one of the things we battle, um, I say battle, is it can be a challenge that property says they don't need. It says that it's something they want included in the scope of work. Mm -hmm. And that is turn cleans. Okay. So um, a unit just, you know, someone moved out and a new group's about to move in and they need the unit turned. And, you know, this could be on a two bedroom, two bath, that could be a four hour job, yep. right? And so if you take a housekeeper or a day porter who was assigned to common areas and pull their, their allocate their time four hours, half the day into a unit, mm -hmm. um, there's four hours of work not getting done in the common areas. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes it's like, well, just have them go clean it real quick. It's like, yeah, I'm, okay, listen. And then you turn around and you're upset that the amenities. So we really had to put parameters around how many turn cleans. You know, most of them, we really try not to do any at all. And mm. that's, um, you know, we can send a separate team. And, the, and then there's people out there that, do only turn cleans. That's not our focus. We're happy to do it, um, you know, for an extra charge, um, but to include it in kind of the day-to-day -day scope. I mean, these buildings are busy, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, and serving the client and creating the experience is the big thing. Yeah, absolutely. So we got to talk about coronavirus. Yeah. And uh, very happy to have have a janitor on the show right. during this time. Yes. Um, <laughs> Talk me through, uh, you know, when the lockdown started happening, um, what was it like for y'all in the company? Yeah. How did you address it? What kind of calls were you getting from customers? Yeah. You know, it's an unprecedented time right now. Right. And just um, like we've talked, it's, it's a great space to be in because you can really help your customers. Yeah. So um, we're on the front lines fighting COVID-19. Um, this has been uh, an unbelievable uh, challenge just, you know, for families, for people, all of us, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, all of our lives have been, you know, uh, interrupted and, and um, it, it's, you know, my wife's home, homeschooling five kids, yeah. right? And she <laughs> is about to pull her hair out. But there's also been some opportunities in it. You know, I think it's pretty cool, you know, the American families over-agendaed you know, lifestyle mm -hmm. of going from one thing to the next. Uh, you know, you go on a bike ride in your neighborhood and you see families gathered around the dining room table, mm -hmm. which is just, you know, I think yep. it's brought families back together. Totally but has. BCJ and COVID-19. Um, so immediately we uh, put together a task force, which is all the department heads. Mm -hmm. And we basically met daily. It's all about communication. What's happening on the front lines? What are the clients um, saying what are they needing? Um, 
you know, first and foremost, it starts with, you know, sort of our protocol, you know, any sickness, any symptoms, don't come to work, um, communicating within that. We've obviously had um, about maybe two or three cases at properties and transparency is key and speed of communication is key. Mm -hmm. So um, the task force of all department heads, um, you know, quickly put out sort of a preparedness, what we're gonna do in event of a case. Mm -hmm. uh, we developed a disinfectant team that came in with suits and a hospital grade disinfectant. Mm -hmm. um, where, I mean, our, our uh, speaking of one of our team members, Isabel Roma, who's one of, you know, on our senior leadership team, put together um, her and Majid, my business partner, kind of developed this um, disinfectant team and they got like these landscape backpacks. <laughs> It's unbelievable and come in so one of our condos had a case and we came in and sprayed this disinfectant you know all through the corridors and I think you know obviously we're there to kill pathogens we're there to keep safe but it's doing more than that I think you visually you know optics um, you, you, you're communicating certainty mm -hmm. Um, to to the residents and when you communicate certainty of what's happening you reduce anxiety yep. um, and, th and that's a big thing I mean obviously fear is a big driver in this whole deal um, you know yeah so a lot of it rightfully so and then a lot of it you know is a little bit too much right yep. Yep. Um, so we um, have, have sort of built these disinfectant teams and they have been super busy and then, you know, just standard PPE for all of our uh, personnel, mm -hmm. gloves, masks. Um, we started, we ordered thousands of masks. We also started home making our own masks with filters um, that can be washable. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, um, again, I think you, you want to communicate to the residents, hey, professional, uh, uniform, mask, gloves, etc., um, and kind of help create, increase that certainty, decrease anxiety, and, um, you know, build the experience. So um, a focus, obviously, for all multifamily, a lot of amenities got closed, mm -hmm. um, and then it just became high touch points. So doors, light switches, entry points, um, and, and having our day porters, you know, changing the scope of work, things that were non-essential, got moved out and disinfectant became the main deal. Mm -hmm. So entry points, elevators, buttons, doors, knobs, etc. cetera. Um, That's great. And as the state begins to open up, as these properties begin to open up and <clears throat> you'll have tours, apartments being toured, yeah. many of these opening up, if I'm an owner manager, if I'm on-site staff, what do I need to be thinking about from a cleaning, from a janitorial standpoint, what things might change going forward versus how they were in the past? And yeah. how can I get prepared for when that time comes? Yeah, so I think we all recognize the world is gonna be different going forward. Uh, you know, we talked to a lot of our clients who are saying, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna be, our budget is thrown out the door for 2020. And, you know, we're looking to pull from landscaping or security or, whatever, a CapEx project, and we're gonna put more dollars into janitorial mm -hmm. because we know we have to keep people safe, right? And um, optically, you've got to 
let the residents see that that's happening. Um, so um, very few people that we've spoken to have said, yeah, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like very few. Um, everyone is ramping up services, um, you know, adding hours. And then we're also offering um, the Clorox 360, which is an electrostatic mm -hmm. sprayer. Mm -hmm. um, it atomizes the water, right? So as it's coming out, I think Delta just had a, um, an article last night about their electrostatic sprayer. And basically, it's a disinfectant as it's sprayed, and it's, it, it creates no harm to anyone who touches it or is around it. Mm -hmm. um, and as it hits the surface, it kills any known pathogens within three to five seconds. Um, and, but the, the, the great thing about it is with our hospital-grade disinfectant, mm -hmm. you've got to potentially, if the, if the surface is soiled, you've got to pre-clean that. Mm -hmm. You've got to spray the product. It has a dwell time. And mm -hmm. some of our products, one is 10 minutes. That's a long time. Yep. One is 30 seconds to a minute. And then you have to wipe it down. With mm -hmm. the electrostatic sprayer, you, you can cover 100% of surfaces without having to go wipe it down. So it's very efficient from a labor aspect. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've seen it, but it's you know like a fogging machine, mister. Yeah. And um, you can really cover all, all surfaces and kill any known pathogens. So it's a... Um, it's a great machine. It's a great technology, um, and you know we got this machine in probably a month ago, mm -hmm. and it's been pretty busy. So, um, you know, doing amenities and gyms, and so what we're offering, and we're trying to, we're getting clients to commit to a certain amount of frequencies, whether it's 12, 12 visits a year, once a month, or every other week, twenty six visits, mm -hmm. or once a week, and we can really get the pricing down. Yep. kind of having that commitment for the mm -hmm. year. Um, so that's what we're working on. Cool. That um, sounds like a pretty cool machine. It is. It's, it's, uh, it's bad to the bone. Are there, <laughs> are there other new technologies or techniques or services that are coming down the pike in the janitorial industry? So I think um, one of the things that we might see, depending on what the CDC's guidance is, um, I've read a few articles about pathogens being carried by feet. Okay. And so what does it look like for disinfecting the areas um, at, um, at entry points for buildings? Mm -hmm. If you're tracking in a pathogen on the foot, you know, is there a mat that you step into? Um, I've seen a couple different products. Um, nothing um, that I think is being widely used yet, mm -hmm. but I see that as... Um, an opportunity to uh, provide further sanitation. So mm -hmm. I don't I don't know where this ends up, but whether it's disinfecting those entry points or there's an actual product that would disinfect that people would step into. Obviously, you know, um, you've got to be able to do pretty high volume yeah. depending on the building you're in. Yeah. So, what about uh, UV light? Um, UV light. Uh, you know, I don't know a ton about it. Yeah. I really don't. So. Um, I know it, I, I know they're using it for um, talking about using it in airports when you come through, but they're not sure if it's safe for people yet. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's been approved, uh, whether it's EPA or who's going to approve yep. it. Mm -hmm. What have you heard about it? 
Uh, I've read that it can be used in, so apparently it's already been used in hospital settings, yeah. but it's whatever wavelength of light it is, it, a human being can't be in the room. Like you'd get, you know, a yeah. very bad, not, not a good suntan if you're in the room. Right. So uh, it's effective, but you'd have to use it, um, you know, overnight or right. in a situation where no one was in the room. Yeah. Yeah, so if we're talking about, like, sanitizing humans as you come into a building, I've heard it's very effective but not healthy. So it's like, you know, I had the same just feeling when this pandemic broke out. I had so many wipes on me. I was like, man, as much as I'm wiping everything down, I'm going to die of cancer from these wipes. I know. It's just ridiculous. I know. Anyway, um, yeah, the electrostatic sprayer is a really cool technology that I think will be become commonplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the cool thing about the Clorox, which I'm not sure all the, I mean, you know, many of the other pro- products or um, technology have this. It has a power band, so if I spray it on this surface, this table here, it actually wraps around it oh, and wow. kills the pathogens. Mm-hmm. So. If, Clorox, you see their demo, they, they bring in, um, you know, a, a dark light or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, where you can see any of the bacteria, mm-hmm. both sides of a surface, and they spray it on one side, mm-hmm. and you literally see the bacteria get killed on all sides. That's pretty cool. It's pretty rad. That's awesome. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, what else have I not asked you about where it comes to janitorial <coughs> and multifamily? So, um, you know, we talked about leadership. Um, we talked about execution of quality and quality control department. Um, I think the biggest thing for us and why we've grown in this industry in, you know, really the class A mid-rise and high-rise space with janitorial is that our training is also experience-driven. Mm-hmm. We know that... Um, you know, property management and leasing teams, you know, they have the arms race with amenities. Mm-hmm. They, we've got this bar and we've got this pool and we've got these grills and we've got this service. Um, I think, you know, that's been happening for several years. In the last two to three years, you've heard experience driven, service, mm-hmm. connection, right? And so that's always been a big part of who we are. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Horst Schultze, and if you haven't read his book, um, Excellence Wins, I think that's the name. Mm -hmm. Horst built the Mm -hmm. Ritz-Carlton, and he is phenomenal. But basically, you know, he he says, you know, I I don't hire you to fulfill a function. I hire you to be a part of something beautiful, Mm -hmm. right? And it may sound like Kool-Aid talk, but, you know, essentially this chair that I'm sitting in fulfills a function, right? Yeah. Right, and you in and, and when you hire a team member and they think, well, I'm just an employee, I'm getting an hourly rate, and I'm here to clean. Well, why are you here to clean? It's like, well, it's dirty. Okay, <laughs> well, why is it dirty? Because there's people in here. Oh, the residents are in their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they make it dirty. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's great. So if it's clean, are they happier? Yeah, I think so. You know, start <laughs> talking about the why of what we do, and it sounds. You know, when you get busy and you're trying to manage a team and you're trying to execute quality, 
it can be really easy to get away from this conversation, the why of what we do, who's affected, what's the experience like for the end user. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, if it's clean, they might be actually be happier. They might enjoy the space. Mm -hmm. What does it look like as I clean? What's my body language look like? Because body language communicates a thousand words. Mm -hmm. Am I slumped over, moving at a slow pace with or are my shoulders pulled back, chin up, walking with purpose? Mm-hmm. And when a and when a resident comes by, do I brace against the wall and say good afternoon? Mm-hmm. You know, or just a pleasant smile? Because in that moment, if you do that well, and it's easy to do, yep. it, you've just changed the experience. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of who we are um, in our training um, and creating experience and the hospitality. So. Um, you know, if we're not janitorial company, I think we're a leadership development company focused on hospitality. I love it. Know? Yeah. So, and then, um, what's in the future for BCJ? I know there's some geographic expansion. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, started uh, Nashville. I think this. Gosh, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think this August or September will be three years and. Um, Man, we made every mistake in the book opening up up there. You know, just who we hired, um, operationally, how we handled things, and uh, we have learned a ton. Um, we have really grown up there, and um, you know, we've now got I think twenty three full time employees up there, focused solely on multifamily and apartments. Um, we will add commercial there eventually. Um, we do about 5 million square feet of Class A office in Atlanta and, um, and also big Class A retail centers. Um, so um, we've now got a phenomenal operator up there. We really turned things around. And, you know, the, the struggles actually most client really never saw it, um, but they were internal struggles. Mm-hmm. And it was just difficult. You know, when you open a new market, I mean, we've never done it before. We yeah. knew we were going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then about maybe six, eight months ago, we opened in Charlotte, mm-hmm. and we've got I think three accounts over there. And um, you know, our next market will be um, Orlando, most likely. Mm-hmm. You know, because there was a flight every forty minutes there. It's true. Not currently, but um, <laughs> it's we're going to come back, man. I know. We're going to come back better and stronger than ever. I mean, people. You, it, how happy are people going to be just to shake hands? Totally. You know? Yeah. Like, I won't take that for granted again. Yeah. I know. Um, so, yeah, expansion, um, you know, with uh, multifamily and, and um, you know, excited about where the industry's headed. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a big believer that, you know, um, you know, the generation that's coming into the workforce is going to continue to rent longer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I think so too. Um, you know, I think one thing that uh, is pretty interesting about your job is you get to spend a lot of time in multifamily communities, talking to folks not only who yeah. are uh, on the front line as a property manager, but also the folks who might be higher up in the in the organization, asset managers, senior leaders. Um, so I think you know you've got and vendors also have a really unique. Uh, vantage point and viewpoint on the multifamily industry. Um, maybe this is our last question, but you know, what do you see in the future of multifamily? What gets you excited about it? Um, 
what are some takeaways that our listeners uh, need to have from their janitor? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I think that um, everyone's going to be more focused on cleanliness. Um, we're here to, to, to serve um, the industry and grow with the industry, and we're always looking to get better, and we're always on the front lines of technology, um, leadership development, and recruiting. I mean, we now just um, incorporated uh, a software called Quantech, which helps us recruit and onboard, I mean, uh, onboard um, employees, uh, team members, um, all on the web, virtually. And so, you know, from if, if you go on the website and put in your application, we learned that if you can't save it and come back to it later, the employee's never going to apply mm-hmm. because they're maybe working one or two other jobs. They're not happy with one. They're trying to find a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we want to attract folks that are wanting to grow, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's a huge opportunity with us in general um, you know, with our growth, you look at Ruth Bellow, who's our director of multifamily, you know, six years ago, she was in a condo making $9 an hour. Mm-hmm. And now she has over 200 employees underneath her. Wow. And um, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, she bought a house a couple of years ago. She's just a rock star. And yeah. so there's those opportunities as we hire and train people. But um, back to the Quantech deal that we just implemented. This was enormous. We implemented this in January. (laughs) And so in March, we could recruit and onboard people, orientation, everything virtually. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of saved us in attracting talent and staffing talent um, on site at at multifamily properties. But um, no, I'm, I'm excited about the future, man. I really think that um, it, you know, I think everyone may think, hey, you know, this development's gonna stop, the boom economy. Um, But, you know, I mean, the the financial metrics that in the lending practices that are out there, I mean, it's just different than 08, right? Mm -hmm. So, yes, I'm sure it will slow down, but I think the generational engine behind it um, is significant. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we're we're, uh, we're looking to align ourselves with that mm-hmm. and add value and and um, be a problem solver for for our clients. So that's what we do. Awesome, Quincy. Thanks for taking the time. Patrick Franks, the Go Doorstep man. I love being here. Hey Amen. Anytime a, a janitor and a garbage man to get together. Yeah, I mean, good it's things, a good thing. Good you know, things happen. Good things happen. It. Yes. Um, well, I'll put a link to BCJ in the show notes and any other way that folks should get in touch with you if they're interested in learning yeah, more about yeah. your services. And I'd, be, or, I, I'd be remiss to not mention, um, you know, my, this whole uh, department for us, multifamily, is run by Adam Coron, who is the man who should probably be sitting in this seat. He's a lot more knowledgeable, and um, he's the guy to talk to about um uh, you know, new opportunities, and he's been running this department for us for uh, three or four years now. And you know Adam, and yeah. he, he's just a tremendous individual. He's on all the committees in AAA, and um, very involved in the industry, and just uh, kn- knows how to solve problems for clients. And we've uh, we wouldn't be where we are today, no joke, without Adam Coron. He is the man. He is the man. So thanks for having me on, man. I'm looking forward to seeing this thing grow. And, and Likewise. Um, you know, I think it'll be awesome. 
All right, man.